SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday, October 9th morning. Yours truly sitting in until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Continue to take your phone calls, 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Uh, we got our uh, poll question up. Uh, that is uh, with Tom Brady forgetting uh, what down it was uh, last night. Uh, some sports gaffes uh, over the years. Uh, you tell me which one is the the most, uh, I don't know how you want to describe it, the best, uh, most outlandish, uh, whatever the case may be. But Brady forgetting what down it was, 20% of the vote. Uh, Chris Weber, uh, years ago, forgetting how many timeouts he had. Michigan in the uh, national championship game against North Carolina, 65% of the vote. And then uh, J.R. Smith, a few years back, uh, forgetting what uh, how much time was left. Cleveland in the uh, Golden State in the NBA Finals, 15% of the vote. Go to at opposite picks, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, uh, I-T-E again, uh, P-I-C-K-S, and get your vote in. And we'll update that a few more times, or at least one more time anyway, uh, before we are through. So we got NFL last night as the uh, Buccaneers uh, fall to the Chicago Bears. Ugly game. Bears are now 4-1. They are they, they, they got to be one of the worst 4-1 teams in the history of the NFL. God, they are just atrocious. They ran for less than 50 yards again, less than 40 yards again last night. Second straight game. Somehow or another, they get the win. Teams combined for six field goals. Up and down the field they went. Uh, but neither really could convert that often in the red zone, settling on field goals, four for Tampa Bay. And uh, Brady unable to, for a rare, rare time, convert uh, with the football over a minute left, needing only a field goal, no timeouts. But he does not uh, get it done. So uh, the Bucks lose, Bears do win. NBA Finals later on tonight, game five. Uh, obviously, you got the uh, Lakers trying to close out the Heat. Baseball last night, the Dodgers were able to do just that against the Fathers as they knock off the Padres 12-3. They sweep the series. Atlanta sweeps Miami 7-zip. Houston over Oakland 11-6. They win that series in four. Only the Stanks and Devil Dogs still have a series going on. It's only one baseball game later on tonight as they'll play a deciding game five. Pretty good pitching matchup. So we'll get it all in. We'll break it all down. All coming up right here. Babies of Bad Beats on a Friday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. to the right, snap is back, with time, rifles a throw, incomplete, broken up on the crosser, over the middle, and it is DeAndre Houston Carson on fourth down, 
breaks up the throw by Tom Brady. And he's in there because Deion Bush is not. He's injured and not able to play today. Nice How job about that? of being prepared at the biggest moment when your number is called. And that's exactly what DeAndre Houston Carson did. DHC fade to black. With 33 seconds to go, and the Buccaneers cannot stop the clock. Now, what is everybody lingering about? On this Friday morning, 13 minutes past the hour, Bears Radio Network with the call there as Chicago does hold on, beats Tampa Bay as the uh, Buccaneers go down to defeat uh, 20 to 19. Tough night if you're a uh, Tampa sports fan as the uh, Bears beat your Bucks and then the Stankies beat your uh, Devil Dogs. Chicago wins as Tom Brady, thinking it was only third down. Throws the incompletion, actually fourth down. That's why they were mulling around there because Brady was out there holding four fingers up, telling the officials, hey, what happened to fourth down? Forgetting he had a brain fart there and didn't realize it was actually fourth down. I contend that the Bears didn't realize that the Bucs had three, uh, only two timeouts on their preceding uh, possession as well, which is why they threw on second down. So to me, uh, one gap outdid the other, and ultimately Brady not knowing how many downs were left. That that is just you talk about just a rookie mistake, man. If this was a rookie quarterback or you know an inexperienced quarterback, we would just be killing him, and he will be killed today. And to, to a lack of his uh, you know backbone, he didn't fess up to it afterwards. Uh, was asked specifically, did he know how much time was left? And he just poo-pooed it, saying, you're up against the clock, you're up against it. Um, I should have been more thinking first downs versus uh, chunk situation, meaning throwing the football down the field. So, And Bruce Arians afterwards was asked. He said, yeah, he did know. He he didn't know. He didn't know. I don't care what you say. You you don't hang on the field as long as he did, holding up four fingers, talking to every single referee, if you know that was fourth down. You, You just don't. It happens. Uh, I'll accept the fact that he didn't know more than I would accept the fact that he won't fess up to it. And then he runs off the field, doesn't shake Nick Foles' hand. There's Foles after the game, you know, searching all high and low for Tom Brady, and Brady's long gone. And then poor Nick Foles is at the center of the field, you know, searching for him to shake his hand. So another classless move by Brady doing that. So ultimately, the uh, Bears are now 4-1. and one. I, I mean, they, they barely beat the Bucs, uh, you know, but a good team, okay. But they barely beat the New York Giants, a lousy team, right? I mean, they really they get embarrassed at home last week by Indianapolis. Uh, they needed the fourth quarter, uh, fourth quarter collapse by the god awful Detroit Lions to win uh, week number one. They needed a fourth quarter collapse by the Atlanta Falcons to win game number two. I mean, wow! You talk about just how things could turn. The Bears could easily, I, I mean, easily be zero and four. Uh, versus four or zero and five versus uh, four and one. I, I mean, j- just like that, you know, Tampa Bay converts, uh, the ball bounces the right way. You know, the Bears lose last night, and as I said, Giants are driving. They have the football uh, deep inside Chicago territory, closing second of the game. Uh, the last pass by Daniel Jones knocked down in the end zone. Otherwise, they would have lost that game. And then without the two collapses, as I mentioned um, earlier, they they would have lost those games and should have lost those two games against Atlanta and uh, Detroit. So. But you know that's the NFL. That that's why in the NFL you can finish ten and six one year and six and ten the next, uh, because sometimes the ball bounces your way and other times it doesn't. Baseball last night, um, you know, Stanky's lo- uh, win. Excuse me, I wish they lost, but uh, they beat Tampa Bay five to one. So we have a deciding game five later on tonight. Garrett Cole on three days rest. 
Tyler Glass now on two days rest. Interestingly enough, not Blake Snell. Two former Pirates squaring off. Dodgers beat the Fathers 12-3. They sweep that series. Bellinger, two for five, three RBIs. Will Smith, five hits for the Dodgers, who score five in the third to blow it open. Uh, Houston knocks off Oakland. Uh, they win that series in four. Atlanta blanks Miami yesterday afternoon, seven zip. Their fourth shutout in five postseason games. Rookie Kyle Wright uh, going six shutout innings in his postseason debut. I'll tell you the pitching that the Braves have gotten this postseason, five straight games, four shutouts. That's going to be a good series. Atlanta and the Dodgers, you know, two real, real good teams. And probably when everything is said and done, probably the two best teams in the National League. You might want to throw Washington in there if they were completely healthy. But uh, just overall from this season, yeah, I think you get the two best teams in the National League. And, you know, ultimately, you may end up with the two best teams in the American League if the Yankees win. Not necessarily record-wise, but on paper, I think they're better than Houston. Uh, and I think they probably are. Well, they are, I think, on paper better than Tampa Bay. But uh, so Major League Baseball has got to be fairly happy. All right, to the phones we go. Bagels and Bad Beats, 844-843-6879. Our good buddy Andy down in San Antonio uh, holding on. Andy, welcome to uh, Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday, bud. Welcome. Good morning, Scott. I'll tell you what, hell of a baseball game last night. You know, I'll sit there. I could sit there and lead off with the – you know, Braves beating the Marlins. I can sit there and lead off with a sorry Stankies coming out with freaking beating the Rays, which pisses me off. But how about my Astros? i tell you what, that was a heck of a game last night. You know, here I was sitting there listening to the game because, you know, heck, I ain't got time to sit there and watch it. But I was sitting there listening to the game on the road, running around, and when you know when Grinky did that, you know, bonehead move, and they went down three to one, I was like, oh lord, here we go. And I was, what the heck, we you know what the what the heck is he doing? I don't and know. It's dumb. They got down three. They they I was like, what the heck is he doing? They got down three to nothing. I was like, oh crap. And then what happens? And they sit there and go into the bottom of the third. And um, what's McCauley? He I don't know what that you know. Obviously, Montas was wasn't having it, and that, you know you think they would the A's skipper would have cut somebody up in the bullpen when he gave that two run bomb to what is it Brantley, and yeah. but no nobody moves. He waits to get somebody up in the bullpen till they get another another and get down five to nothing. And in my opinion, that was the game right there. I mean, I know they they sat there and fought back. I know the A's gave you know got a homer right there in the top of the fourth. But Astros got right back with, you know, got another two runs in the in the bottom of the fourth. And I tell you what, these bats, it's unbelievable. What another five? What was it? Another five runs, uh, five RBIs by Correa. Correa, yeah, five for Altuve. Yeah. And and you know, and that's when Springer going one for five last night. I mean, this this outstanding bats. I mean, they did. You know, I didn't like I said yesterday. I didn't think they were going to sweep them. I wasn't expecting them to sweep them. And like I said, they had to get, you know, if they if they didn't the got last night, all the pressure would have been on them. And after that, basically spotted in three runs by Grinky because he was just a bonehead, bonehead play. And, you know, they just, you know, they, they're just proving time and time again, you know, that they sit there, you know, their bats are alive. Only thing that worries me, like you said, I was not expecting Grinky to pitch. And what happened between him sitting there and said there's no timetable for his return and yeah. pitching last night. And him, and I mean, what what happened there? I mean, what happened? You know, we always joke around these so-called insiders for football and basketball. What are these so-called insiders for baseball? 
I mean, I mean, he went from a no timetable to you know, what they just was Dusty Baker just doing sportsmanship that way they can't prepare for him. But if they would have got out there and pitched to basically went six innings instead of three point two innings and maybe scored maybe three hits, one run maybe. Okay, I was like, yeah, you know, he did a little bit. I don't. He didn't look good at all. And no. hopefully, you know, like I said, you know, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know. I mean, going looking forward, and I think you know, unfortunately, Stanky should close it out tonight. And you know, Yankees do have Yankees. You know, as far as lack of pitching, you can't sit there and say lack of hitting. You know, it's going to be, it's going to hopefully, hopefully, I can jump on them up in the series, get up a couple games, and you know, see what's going on. But it's definitely happened. My my Astros got ahead and yeah. close it out. Uh, Tampa Bay needed to win last night, Andy. That that was their game. I know it's tough winning three straight games, but boy, you know, Cole, even on three days rest, a huge pitching edge uh, for Tampa Bay. And and you're right, if you're Houston, you know, you've, you've been able to survive the, the, the weather here, but can you survive the complete storm in that? Do you use Granky again? You know, did you see enough out of him last night to show you that he's, he's cooked? Or did you see anything encouraging that you rely on him? And I appreciate the phone call, Andy, as always, bud. Uh, you know, would you really have faith in him in the ALCS? I mean, they don't have a lot of pitchers, but I'll tell you that's a big question for you to have to figure out one way or the other. Bagels and Matt Beat, 22 past the hour. More coming up. Football talk as well. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Look, it's a, it's, we think it's a really competitive series. We have a purpose of why we're, we're here. Uh, we're competing for a title, uh, and it's the first team to four wins. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different narratives uh, out there. Uh, we don't give a SH what everybody else thinks. on a Friday morning. You know, I, I got to tell you, <clears throat> if I'm Miami head coach Eric Spolter, who you heard just there, I, I, I got a feel for them, right? I mean, they're in the NBA Finals, and they're still searching for respect. I mean, it, it's it's remarkable, isn't it? I mean, it's game five. They were able to beat the Indiana Pacers by a sweep. It wasn't fluky. You know, they, they swept the Indiana Pacers. All right, they take on the best team in the NBA record-wise in the Milwaukee Bucks, and not only do they beat the Bucks, they beat the snot out of the Bucks, winning it in five, you know, four games to one with the only loss coming in game four when they were leading the series three-zip. So they dominated that series. They beat, theoretically, the second or worst-case scenario, third-best team in the Eastern Conference in the Boston Celtics in six games. So it's not like they got the benefit of the doubt. You can make the case the Lakers got the benefit of the doubt, not having to face the L.A. Clippers more than you to get to the NBA Finals than you can the Miami Heat. So they have taken the, the long road, the hard road to get to the NBA Finals, sweeping, then beating a team in five, beating a team in six. They get to the Finals. I get it. They're underdogs. 
I get it. They're playing without one of their better players in, in uh, Dragic. But you know what? If he was playing or he wasn't playing, I don't think it would matter. I, I think most people would think that the Lakers were going to win this series pretty handily. And, and they will. Uh, ultimately, they probably will. Worst case scenario, they'll, they'll win it in five, right? So, But still, if you're Miami, you're thinking to yourself, what the fudge? You know, what are we going to do to at least get a little bit of respect that you keep on asking us whether we could win or can't win? So, and in one aspect, I do feel bad for the Miami Heat because they're in the NBA Finals. It's been a weird year. They haven't taken any shortcuts. The season wasn't as good as maybe they thought it would be ultimately, but, you know, they turned it on when others were turning it off, and uh, they've demolished club. They haven't gotten fluky wins or anything along those lines. They've been able to win, and the ball bounced the right way and everything else in some of those games, but ultimately they won, you know, pretty handily. They get to the Finals. You know, they put a scare in the Lakers. They they win game three, 115-104 to make it a 2-1 series. And they play, you know, fairly well in game four. I'm much better than what I thought they would do. You know, they kept it under a 10-point game and ultimately lose only by six. And, uh, you know, they're, they're getting, uh, you know, a fully healthy Adebayo back. Uh, you know, he played last game, but now he's not even on the injury report anymore for this game. Dragic is still listed as doubtful, so I doubt very much uh, that he will play. And, you know, people aren't necessarily giving them respect, but they are only a seven-point underdog. It's not like they're a double-digit dog. And he here he is getting ready for a game five, and he's still worrying about, you know, people giving his club respect. So I don't know if he's going to be able to use that later on tonight. You know, us against the world. No one's giving us any respect. Like, maybe he did game four, saying everyone thought game three was a fluke, and the Marlins came out and played fa- the Marlins. He came out and played fairly well. Uh, in game four and, uh, you know, was in it until the very, very end. Maybe they could use that as a rallying cry, but it just seems kind of weird. Here we are, game five, after everything they've accomplished, and Miami's still searching for respect around the country. You know what? It's not going to happen, Eric. You could win this series. You know, people will be thrilled uh, that you won, but would they say you're going to repeat next year? No. Now, you win this series in seven. You know, the Lakers collapse, whatever the case may be. And people ask, you ask 10 NBA fans who's winning the NBA championship next year. And I don't think you'd come up with one that would say Miami. And so it, it's just, you know, it's one of those things, no matter what you do at this point, it's it's not happening. You'd get some that would say the Lakers. You'd get some that would say the Clippers. You'd get some that say the Celtics or the Bucks that they hold on to the Greek freak who's really not Greek. I'm sure you'd, you'd get some that would say even the Brooklyn Nets, you know, with uh, Irving and uh, Durant playing. Um, but I don't think you'd find one out of 10, maybe one, we'll throw one in there. One out of 10 would probably say Miami. So you're never going to get respect. You're just not, you know, you're going to have to do it the second year, you know, win 50 games next year. Then you'll get the respect that you hope to get this year. But, uh, for Spolstra and in the Miami heat, you know what? It's probably better that they don't get any kind of respect football. Talk about respect. This might be the worst weekend one o'clock games of NFL football I've seen in the last 10 years or so that I can remember anyway. Stop me when you, as a casual football fan, without a dog in the fight, so don't tell me, well, I'm a Falcons fan, so I want to see a Falcons game. You know, stop me when you get a game that's like must-see TV. I'm not going to go mow the lawn. I'm not going to go pick daisies with my wife. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, go and get some extra sleep. One o'clock games. God-awful Atlanta with the head coach about to be fired hosting Carolina. Now, might be a big game in the South, but, you know, if you're sitting at the peak of Kansas, you're not going out of your way to watch that. Las Vegas at Kansas City. 
It's Mahomes, so you're always going to have a certain amount of people wanting to watch because it's Pat Mahomes. I get that. That's probably the best game on the board. Rams and Washington. No thank you. Jacksonville and Houston. Two atrocious teams. Now, you got the new head coach. I get that with Houston, Romeo Cronell, but still, it's it's still a winless Texas team versus a one-win Jaguars team. Forget about it. Arizona and the Jets. Oh, good gravy. I'd just as soon watch grass grow. Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, not bad because it's the Steelers, but I'm not going out of my way to watch a one-win Philadelphia Eagles team. Cincinnati, Baltimore. You know, again, you got the borough factor in there, but um, I'm not going out of my way to watch a one-win Cincinnati Bungles team. Just not doing it. And that's it. That Everything else is 4 o'clock. You got darn near as many 4 o'clock games as you got 1 o'clock games this week. And, and again, even the 4 o'clock games aren't anything great. This is just a lousy weekend of NFL football. Taking that Buffalo-Tennessee game off 1 o'clock, that was going to be the headliner. For 1 o'clock games, that was going to be the good one. You got Miami-San Fran. Now, I'm a Dolphins fan, so I'll be interested. But otherwise, why would you? Uh, Giants and Dallas. Again, it's, it's like watching a train wreck. I mean, I suppose you want to see the Cowgirls implode again this week. But otherwise, you're not watching that. Indianapolis-Cleveland, pretty good, okay? Even though it's the Browns, but you got two 3 and one football teams, not bad. And uh, and that's it. And then and your Sunday night game is uh, Minnesota and Seattle. So not a great – even that game obviously is not very good. It's okay, but Minnesota's got one win. Uh, not a good week of NFL football. In fact, you can make the case college football um, has a much, much better schedule than the NFL does. Uh, th- there's, like I said, moving Denver and New England off the board. And um, not that that was a great game either, but still it is the Patriots. It really, the, the moving that Buffalo-Tennessee game off the board, that, that's the crusher. That, that, that's the one that's going to you know decimate this weekend of NFL football. So it's, it's not a, really isn't a great week at all. And the NFL, I, I don't know what they're going to end up doing, but they're in a lot of trouble. They are no doubt in a lot of trouble. I don't know. You know, they screwed up by not adding an extra bye week. I mentioned it yesterday either on the show or in the podcast. They really should have just said, Let, let's, you know, cut off our nose, not to spite our face here in that we're not going to get 16 games in. Uh, well, let's go for 12 games. I, I, originally, I said 10, but let's even go for 12. Maybe, maybe, maybe even 14. Let's throw a couple of bye weeks in there just in case because we're going to come down with the virus and we need to have some extra weeks. But somewhere along the line, their thinking changed. I, I don't know why, and you can figure out which one is better, but. Originally, they said, we know we're going to get some virus cases. It, it's inevitable. You know, it's, it's 2020. You know, we're not, you know, privy to not, you know, coming down with the virus. So we're going to have viruses uh, with some of the players and we're going to quarantine them and do everything that's safe. But we're not going to, you know, stop the train. We're, we're going to play these football games. And uh, when the guys are healthy to play again, they'll play again. But we're not going to, you know, allow two, three, four, five, six guys uh, to come down with the virus and not play football. That was the thinking early on, which is probably why they didn't add on a few more bye weeks. But as we've seen with Tennessee, you had three, four guys come down with the virus, and yet they still stopped the game. Now, we're under the philosophy, if one, two, three, or four of these guys come down with the virus, we're not playing football. Patriots, hell, had three, and they canceled their game. 
So if you're going to have that stringent of a policy, you come down with one or two, three cases, we're canceling the game. Well, you're not going to get 16 games in. You're, you're just not. And, you know, they could push it off a day or so or two days or so. But ultimately, you're going to come down with more and more cases. And you're, not, you're just not going to get 16 games in. I told you I poo-pooed those numbers. I don't know how they came up with so few positive tests the first two, three weeks of the season. But I never bought into that. I, I still don't buy into it. They must have been doing something wrong. But if they're going to be so quick to cancel these games and move these games, then it's just they should have tried. They should have strived for a 14-game schedule, throw an extra two, three bye weeks in there. This way you have the luxury of being able to move these games because now you're talking about the Tennessee Titans maybe not playing a second game. Uh, and if they keep the schedule up, you know that only means forfeiting a game, whether it's an actual loss or just not playing 16 games and having Tennessee play 15 games. You know, kind of like, you know, it's a lot like Philadelphia with the tie with Cincinnati. I mean, uh, now they're going to have to, if they use that, then they they would go with the, you know, win-loss record percentage-wise. So if you go 10-5, and five, obviously that's better than 10-6. and six. It's almost like this, you know, non-game is, is almost a win because it's all based on losses. The more losses you have, you're not going to get in. So I, they don't want to do that. They certainly don't want to have forfeits, uh, but the Titans are getting into more and more trouble about, you know, having some of these practices when they knew supposedly they shouldn't have, uh, but they did anyway. And now you're looking at two games being moved. So, um, I, I like I said, this is going to happen more and more and more. They're they're better off right now, sitting back saying, "All right, you know what? Let's cut two games off everybody's schedule. But let's figure it out, and we'll cut two games off everyone's schedule." And then we'll go from there and add a couple of buffer weeks. Because the NFL is not playing a 16-day schedule. You watch. Four coming up. Bengals and Bad Beats. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. On a Friday morning, 844-843-6879. Our poll question is up uh, with the sports gap last night from Tom Brady, forgetting how many downs uh, there were left, which down it was in essence. Uh, what's, the, what's the best sports gap? Weber forgetting timeouts, leading the way, 58%. Uh, J.R. Smith forgetting how much time was left in the finals game, 27%. And then Brady forgetting uh, what down it was, uh, 14%. So go to opposite picks, get your vote in, and uh, we'll update that one more time before we are through. Uh, let me see if I can find yesterday's poll real quickly here. Um Sometimes these are easy to find. Oh, yeah, here we go. How about that? Uh, yesterday, uh, the final votes are in. Washington benches Dwayne Haskins. Uh, who should be benched next? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick led the way. He wins it with 54% of the vote. Uh, Daniel Jones of the Giants uh, with 31%. Uh, Atlanta's Matt Ryan, 6%. And then we have the proverbial other 
uh, getting 8% of the vote. So there you go. Disturbing story. I don't know if you, you, you saw this or not. Uh, it came over the wires late at Wichita State. The Athletic, uh, the newspaper, actually it's a website, not really a newspaper, but the website reported multiple allegations against their head basketball coach, uh, Marshall, from 2015 to 2016, at least that season, including the head coach pushing and later punching, supposedly, former player Shaquille Morris. Uh, Marshall apparently put his hands around the staff member, another staff member's neck, and Following uh, that, uh, tried to punch a student athlete in another sport who parked, God forbid, in his parking spot. So obviously those are some serious allegations at Wichita State. It, it really gets even more disturbing than that just because when you read some of the details of, uh, you know, what is going on or you know, supposedly what is going on there, really, you know, you, some of these head coaches, uh, you know, whether it's basketball or football or whatever the case may be, th- these guys are nuts. So Morris, Shaquille Morris, told the, the stadium um, <coughs> that uh, Marshall, uh, Greg Marshall, punched him during a practice. Following a foul, Morris said he went up to help a teammate and then was struck with a punch by Marshall. He punched me while I was facing away over my right shoulder, hit me in my jaw, he said. I turned, and coaches are surrounding us at the time. And he says the incident occurred the same day that he told Marshall that his mother was stricken with cancer. Now, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but you would think the guy would have a little bit more sympathy for a player who's uh, just told him that his mother has cancer, right? So, um Stadium, whatever that, I, I thought it was the athletic, but it says stadium. Uh, also reported that the staff member whom Marshall attempted to choke was former assistant coach Kyle Lindstad, who's now uh, at uh, Minnesota. Other allegations reported uh, include Marshall body shamming a player who's now dealing with anxiety and depression. Marshall making Indian howling noises and telling Isaiah Poubert Chandler, who's a Native American, to get back on his horse. Uh, Marshall telling uh, Colombian center that uh, he'd be a great coffee bean picker and and then uh, telling another guy uh, some other disparaging things. You know, I, I won't even mention it. That's how bad it, could, it is. So Wichita State saw eight players enter the transfer portal. Now, albeit a lot of these guys weren't, you know, transferring to bigger schools. There were a couple, uh, but a lot of these guys may have just been just because they weren't playing at Wichita State and transferred down versus transferred up. But still, you get Eight guys that transferred, that's a lot. Now, he's been at Wichita State a while, 13 years, since 2007. Uh, went to a Final Four in 13, has won the Missouri Valley when they were part of that conference five times. So, you know, he seemed on paper like a terrific coach. Remember, he had that great 34-0 team that got screwed over by the NCAA, made them face Kentucky in the second round, which was just a joke. Uh, but, but that all said, I mean, these are some really disturbing allegations. And, and I'm not one to, uh, you know... Uh, be anal about some of this stuff. You know, a lot of this is stuff. It just, you know, man up a little bit here. But if this guy is, is punching players and then you throw all these racial epithets all around on top of everything else, I mean, holy crow. I, I tell you, some of these coaches are nuts. They really, whether it's basketball or football, I mean, they are just so crazy, high strung. Um, you know, this didn't happen this year, but it didn't happen that that long ago, uh, if it did occur. 
that you could just write it off as, you know, well, that, that's old school. That's how they got it done. I mean, this was five years ago. I mean, you can't be punching players, for goodness sakes. I mean, what are you, nuts? I mean, I don't know why it would take so long for this to come out. You know, th- that was five years ago, the 15-16 season. But, you know, and now the uh, Wichita State, the athletic department is having, uh, you know, an investigation. And, well, what does that mean? You're, you're going to go to Marshall and he's going to say, no, I didn't do it. You're going to go to the kid. Kid's going to say, yes, he did. Are you going to be able to get other kids that'll testify that they saw it, uh, testify, or at least you know attest that they saw that? I mean, I, I don't know what whether they're going to fire the guy. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they handle this, but uh, and, and weird, you know. The, the, like I said, some of these coaches, man, you can't trust anybody with your kids, whether the kids are five years old or whether they're eighteen or nineteen years old. You put them in the hands of other people, man. You, you just nuts, just, just crazy. Uh, Chargers made it official yesterday. How about that? That Justin Herbert, uh, you know, they acknowledge what the rest of the world knows, that Justin Herbert is better than Tyrod Taylor. So Anthony Lynn said that uh, Herbert will be their starting quarterback from this point forward, that uh, the reign of Tyrod Taylor, you know, lasted two weeks, uh, really a week, and and it's over. So he had said that Tyrod, when he came back, would be the starting quarterback. Remember, we made fun of him for saying that. You know, he finally acknowledged, well, that's probably not going to be the case. After Taylor, uh, or after Herbert, rather, went uh, 12, uh, 20 of 25 for 290 yards, threw for three touchdowns, uh, you know, albeit in all losses for, for the Chargers. I, I get all that stuff, but still, you know what? Um, the guy's done very, very well. And, and if you're thinking big picture, and you're thinking, okay, let's get this guy some experience, whether we can win these games uh, or really think big picture and have him be the quarterback of the future down the line, you got to do it sooner or later. And and to me, it was idiotic after week one for Lynn to say that Taylor was going to be a starting quarterback once he returned. Again, I don't know if that was because he was worried about a lawsuit. Don't know if that's the case or not because of the needle inside his lung. You know, if that's the case, then that's the case. I fully understand you want to kiss this guy's ass and not upset him because we did stick a needle into your lung and damn near killed you. Um, so if, if that, that means you're going to start as our next, uh, you know, the quarterback as soon as you're healthy, then so be it. Fully understand that. But to sit there and try and tell us that Justin Herbert hasn't shown enough potential for him to be the quarterback of the Chargers after you use the sixth overall pick, it, it made no sense. It really... We, we ripped him for it. It made zero sense uh, to try and, you know, downplay Herbert's abilities here. So yesterday he acknowledged, yep, uh, Tyrod will return to practice this week, but Justin will remain the team's starting quarterback from uh, this point on. So, um, and they really should have won a couple of those games. They should have slash could have beat Kansas City. You know, they should have slash could have beat Tampa Bay. So uh, it was really only the... Uh, the Carolina game that they lost that, you know, he really didn't play particularly well in, or at least the team didn't. But the other two, you know, they very easily could have won both those uh, uh, football games. Uh, 49ers corner Richard Sherman. You know, I'd say this is another sign that's 2020. You know, he's doing a podcast, his own podcast, no less, not not only just a guest. He's doing a podcast with uh, Chris Collinsworth, and he's ripping the Dallas Cowgirls. He's saying the Dallas Cowboys defense sucks because it's too complicated for the players. He believes that the coordinator, Mike Nolan, needs to make some serious changes and basically simplify things for the players. In essence, saying the players are too dumb to figure it out. I mean, if that was a media member or a fan uh, or, or anyone else saying that, oh, my God, God forbid you'd be fired, you'd be a racist, you'd be this, you'd be that. You, you can't say athletes are dumb. But that, that's what Richard Sherman is saying. 
You know, the, the players at Dallas are too dumb to figure out this defense. It's too complicated. And, you know, and, and while I, I believe in that philosophy as far as simplifying things, I, I hate all these cover two, cover three, cover four, cover 99 schemes. You know, it is so easy. That's why you have quarterback throw for 300 yards, Dwayne Haskins, and yet still get benched that same week because any Tom, Dick, and Harry can throw for 300 yards now. It's not that difficult. It's the easiest thing in the world. So I am a, I am a big believer in, in the, the, the KISS approach. You know, keep it simple, stupid, and just go man-to-man. You want to double-team a couple of guys, okay. But there's, there's dopey zones where defensive backs don't know who's guarding who, or you can flood a zone so easily. A five-year-old, a five-year-old could figure out how to beat a zone defense. Just throw two wide receivers or three in one area, and then you got half the field on one side, half the defensive backs on the other, and you got three wide receivers over here. I mean, it really doesn't take a whole heck of a lot to figure out a way to beat his own defense. It really doesn't, and that's what they do. Uh, and then half the time, the, the defensive backs don't know who's guarding who because there's so many. It, it's so goofy. So I, I believe it is philosophy, but you're a member of the San Francisco 49ers. All right, you got your own issues to deal with. It's not like your defense is the greatest thing since sliced bread this year. So what what are you worried about the Dallas Cowboys? I don't doubt for a second Sherman is going to be on TV when he's done playing, not, not as long as he wants to. Uh, well spoken, cognizant thoughts. Um, you know, not 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 afraid to say what's on his mind. Uh, not necessarily over the top like a T.O., Chad Ochocinco. I don't think he scares the network that much. He's right He's right on that, that, that line of, yeah, he's a little too radical, we can't have him. But I think they would, I think. But, you know, it's somewhere along the line, you, you draw the line. Just stop talking about the Dallas Cowboys. You know, if you're a San Francisco 49er fan, uh, you don't care what he thinks about the Dallas Cowgirls. You think about what he thinks about the San Francisco 49ers. And it's not, again, it's not like the 49ers uh, are having a great, great year this year, you know, albeit with their quarterback missing. But still, it, it, that's 2020, man. Uh, used to be hands off. God forbid you should ever talk about another team, you know, years past. Not anymore, boy. There are no rules or regulations to anything. You talk about whatever you want. You know, you want to talk about the Dolphin game coming up? Nah, who cares about the Dolphins? They suck. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowgirls. I'd rather talk about them than talk about our own football team. And meanwhile, they're San Francisco, you know, sitting in last place in their own division at 2-2. Two and two. <laughs> So, again, it's not like, you know, after reaching the Super Bowl last year that they've had this great season. So, speaking of Dallas, um, and leave it to the four-letter network. I, I, I tell you, people ask me all the time, why do I say four-letter network? Why don't you like them? Blah, 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 blah. It's got nothing to do with the workers. I'm sure they're all great. Um, nothing against them at all. But th- this is why. A story came out about how the Cowgirls are uncertain about uh, Tyron Smith, their offensive lineman, on whether he'll be able to play again this season. He's got a neck injury. So a team source tells ESPN's Ed Werder that, uh, you know, Tyron is in a little bit of trouble now. A a team source. So this is an insider. This is a story that only the four-letter network has, right? Right. Unless, of course, you go to the Dallas Cowgirls' own website where they have the owner's son quoted as saying, right now it's a big, big question. All things are on the table. We'll have to take a look at Tyron's best interest for his career. He's been battling this. He's everything you want in a man. He's everything you want in a left tackle, but we don't know about his situation. So 
the four-letter network is saying a team source is telling them that Tyron Smith may not play. That if you go to the Dallas Cowboys' own website, you got the team owner's son with a quote talking about Smith not being able to play maybe this year. Yet the four-letter network wants to take credit for the story. That is why we call it the I will close up shop next to the winners of the weekend right here. Thank you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. up the week with some stories that we didn't have time to delve into. Clippers president of basketball operations, Lawrence Frank, has been honored with the NBA Executive of the Year Award. Really? I wonder if Doc Rivers, who he basically kicked out the door, would feel that he was the Executive of the Year. Can you fire a guy and still be named Executive of the Year when you underachieve? I had a fudge that he win the Executive of the Year. He gets Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but the, the Doc Rivers probably had more to do with that than, than uh, Lawrence Frank. The team underachieves. He fires the head coach, in essence, and he's the Executive of the Year? Really? Wow. Uh, Kansas head football coach Les Miles announced he's tested positive for uh, the COVID-19 virus. Uh, they're 0-3 this year. They are in a bye. He hopes to get healthy enough to be able to coach their next game next weekend against West Virginia. Jets head coach Adam Gaze says he's up the intensity of the team's practices, uh, which is kind of ironic since, uh, you know, others have accused the Jets of not having strong practices, and he said no, no, no. But as it turns out, maybe they are a little weak. So uh, Chris Carson, Seattle uh, Seahawks running back, uh, finally talked about the tackle by Cowboys lineman Tristan Hills uh, the other uh, last week. Um, he thought it was BS of a play, although he did say that Hill reached out and apologized. He twisted his knee, and uh, he's out indefinitely. So uh, some of the stories. As far as our uh, winners, you know, we, we have the Wetzel Black Cloud, and it can be very, very, very powerful, as all LL's loyal listeners know. However, we're in a dilemma tonight. We got the Stankies and the Lakers with LeBron playing tonight. The black cloud can only go in one place. It takes all its energy. So I think the Lakers is going to be inevitable. So we're going to go black cloud on the Stankies laying minus 135 against Tampa Bay. And we'll accept LeBron winning a championship. We can't accept the Yankees as well. So play the Stanks tonight big time. Have a great weekend, folks. We'll talk to you Monday right here at Bagels and Bad Beats. Just do it, Scott. Be safe.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.